Friends, good evening. And Merry Christmas. My name is Matthew. I'm the senior pastor here on behalf of all of us. So glad that you could be with us as we uh, welcome uh, Christmas together. Many of us are joining online as well, and so welcome to all of you as well. However you are with us tonight, uh, whether this is the first time or whether you're back in town um, or whether this is your very first time, we are so glad uh, to have you with us tonight. As a church, during the last four Sundays, we've been getting ready for this night by practicing Advent. And in a year and in a season that has been quite different than maybe other years have been, we've been remembering the things that God has given us along the way, remembering that he marks us with promises and that he feeds us with meals and that he has given us a story that we carry with us. And it is this story that we are here to remember tonight, the story of the birth of Jesus. Tonight, we will be doing that by singing Christmas carols together and by hearing readings from the Bible. But we will be reading the Old Testament, which might be unusual for you. We'll be reading from Isaiah. Emily Dickinson once said that you should tell all the truth, but tell it slant. And tonight, by going to the Old Testament, we are hoping that that gives us a fresh take to remember this good news of Jesus together and hear it in a fresh way. And so friends, it's good to be together. Welcome. Let's rise and let's worship together. Would you sing with me, O Come All Ye Faithful? of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all and also with you our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth to a people who stumble in darkness a great light comes Lord tonight show us how you made peace on earth to those who live in the shadows of death mountain a new day dawns 
Advent is about waiting for a promise from God. And so Advent is about hope. Our great hope that Jesus, who came as the Savior, will come again. On Christmas Eve, we remember how that promise was first fulfilled. God came among us in the quiet. Tonight, we marvel at God's plan for peace. A child whom Mary holds and whom we behold by faith. Hear this reading from Hebrews. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Ready? Friends, this is God's word. Thank you, God. The Gospel reading from Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Ready. The gospel Friends, this is, is the, the gospel, gospel of, of Jesus. Jesus. Tonight, we light all five candles, light in the darkness, hope in a world of despair. As the light grows, so does our faith that God keeps his promises. So fix your eyes on Jesus, who came among us in a manger, is among us tonight, and who will come again and light up the world in glory. Let's pray together. Gracious God, you gave Isaiah a sweeping vision of peace and wholeness that often comes to us in tiny signs of hope. Tonight, kindle our faith in our weary hearts through your words. Shake off our slumber so that we do not miss your presence among us now. 
Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Sin, injustice, and people without peace. Readings taken from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, verse 7, 16 to 18, and Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear me, you heavens, listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger. But Israel does not know, my people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers. Children given to corruption, they have forsaken the Lord. They have spurred the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Your country is desolate, your cities burned with fire. Your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. This is what Isaiah son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountains of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations, and he will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their words into, um, into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Friends, this is the word of God. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night. Of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world In sin and error pining Till he appeared And the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices Yonder breaks A new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, he Chains shall he break 
Prince of Peace and the Way of Peace, readings from Isaiah chapter 7 and Isaiah chapter 9. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Razan of Aram and Pekah, son of Ramalia, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Friends, this is God's word. Would you pray with me? Gathered here tonight, O God, around your story, among friends and family, new and old, we ask now, O God, that in the dark of this night, you would open our eyes. In a world that is often dark, illumine to us your promises and your ways of peace. 
Amen. If coming to church on Christmas Eve is new for you, or if it's been a while since you have, you might be thinking, man, this seems like a really weird place to be in the Bible tonight. And there's a good chance that you may be thinking that even if you're a regular. Usually on Christmas Eve, we go to Luke chapter 2, and we hear the Christmas story. I find that usually I can't hear Luke chapter 2 this time of year without hearing Linus tell it in a Charlie Brown Christmas story. And Linus says those words, right? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. You see, on Christmas Eve, everyone talks about peace. Peace, peace on earth. But this year, I am finding that I cannot hear Linus' monologue quite so well. I keep hearing in the background the news about rising COVID cases. I pick up snippets of grievance litanies about vaccines. I keep hearing the volleys of courtroom argument about who's responsible for whatever happened on January 6th. Peace is harder for me to make out this year with the news that the University of Hong Kong just took down a memorial to the Tiananmen Square massacre. Apparently, it is no longer necessary to remember how that peaceful protest turned out. I am not hearing peace on earth in the same way this year. And I wonder if tonight I am not the only one. You know, to tell you the truth, though, the sounds that we hear in the background of our world this Christmas Eve sound a lot like some of the things that were playing in the background of Isaiah's. Isaiah's story, this long 60-plus chapter book, is a story of the world at war. Assyria has conquered most of it, but they won it all. And after, they are after the kingdom of Judah and the city of Jerusalem, and they keep trying to get it. And King Ahaz is new on the scene, and he's trying to make sense of all this rather quickly. But Assyria is not the only one who's after Ahaz and Jerusalem. So is the northern kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Aram, or Syria. See, the northern tribes of Israel have already been conquered, and so has Syria, and they want to create an alliance, a united front to throw off Assyria. And so they also invade Judah, trying to force King Ahaz to join them in an alliance against Syria. Meanwhile, Assyria keeps testing the borders to try to convince Ahaz to form an alliance with him instead. And so Ahaz is stuck between a bully and peer pressure. There's no peace in this world, not with the king and not with the people. And in chapter 7, we find King Ahaz fretting in his palace over the water supply in his city and poring over maps. He is trying to pick the right allies. And he is trying to secure water for a siege And Isaiah stands there and he pleads with Ahaz to instead spend his time asking God for a sign. If you would only ask Ahaz, God would move heaven and earth to show you his faithfulness and that he can be trusted. But Ahaz won't do it. He frets over his maps and his water supply. And Isaiah stands there and he shakes his head and he says... It's not your water supply that needs shoring up, O king. It is your eyesight. Later in chapter 8, in a part that we didn't read, Isaiah will look at this world and kings like Ahaz, and it's as though he will see the whole progression of faithless humanity passing before his eyes And he will say that sometimes life in this world means walking through the thickest night you can imagine. And if you only have eyes for what you can see in the events of the world around you, you will be distressed and you will be hungry 
for rest. You will look everywhere for peace. You will fall for any promise of it. And when you find none, you will blame your leaders, your lot in life, other people, and God himself. And seeing only gloom and darkness, you will become darkness. My friends, it is a strange passage for Christmas Eve, but then again, these are strange times. But then out of nowhere, in Isaiah chapter 9, he begins a new thought. Actually, he starts reciting a poem. (laughs) And after he has left us in the dark and without any hope whatsoever, Isaiah starts singing about people who walk in the dark as though they know what dawn looks like. Friends, everybody walks in the dark sometimes. Everybody hears the same news. Everyone gets the biopsy. Everyone walks through a graveyard. Everyone knows what it is like to share a meal at Christmas with an empty chair. Everyone knows what it is like to feel the fist of a bully or the sting of a lie. But some people walk through this darkness with the light on. Some people walk through the night knowing what it means to have seen the dawn. And Isaiah is talking about a remnant. He's talking about who is left when everyone walks away. He's talking, you could say, about a kind of people who just might have sought out a church service on a night when they didn't have to. Because they wanted to. Because they needed to. He's talking about people who walk through the dark with hope. Come on, Isaiah. Don't you know hope is not a strategy? Yes, Isaiah might say. I'll grant you that. Hope is not a strategy. But it is an approach to life. It is a way to look at the future. And when done properly, it does not blind you to the way that things are. It gives you the confidence to believe that there is more happening than what you can see. It is the remnant who step one foot after the other in the dark, knowing that like a parent who's been up all night with a sick child, that somehow morning always comes. And with it, a strange energy and joy you didn't have before. Isaiah begins to talk about how in chapter 9, how one day the dawn that we have seen will spread over the whole land, the whole world in fact, and how people will see that in this new light, the things that they feared are nothing but shadows in the night. And we will all realize that it's time for harvest And there will be no burdens to bear and no blows to endure and no tyrants anymore. And this light that we have seen will spread over the whole face of the land until every single dark corner and crevice is lit up with the good news that there is, in fact, peace on earth. And there is so much goodwill among men that we can burn the weapons and the war clothes and the insurance policy and everything that we've used to protect ourselves from ourselves. And Isaiah is singing this song to people who walk in the dark. He's singing it to us in the dark tonight. And he says that hope, this news, this light, when it comes, oh man, It'll come in a burst. And what we want to know is, what is it that can turn endless night to new day? What is it that could possibly shock us into dropping our self-justifications and sharp words? What is it that could finally have the power to dispel gloomy clouds of night and bid all our sad divisions cease? Isaiah says, it's the cry of a newborn. In the dead of night. That is the sound. It is the burst of peace. 
in the film Children of Men, it imagines a world set in the not-too-distant future in England. It's very dark, and it's a very sad movie. It's also violent, probably not one the whole family should enjoy this holiday season. It's also one of the movies that sometimes reminds me the most of Christmas. Make of that whatever you will. Children of Men takes place in a world where there are no more children. For reasons that we do not fully understand, humans have lost the ability to bear children. And in this world without children, there is no future. And with no future, humans have lost the ability to conceive of hope. And so life in this world has become meaningless and violent and selfish. But then, suddenly, a disillusioned bureaucrat named Theo gets mixed up in the most surprising news. A refugee, a young woman named Key is hiding in the UK, and she is hiding something. She is pregnant. Theo takes it upon himself to get Key safely through the war-torn streets of London to safety. And late in the movie, there is a scene where Key and Theo are trapped in a bombed-out tenement building in London. Outside, soldiers with tanks and armored personnel carriers fire in on a tangle of rebel fighters. And Theo and Key and their newborn, they are trapped in the middle of this war with a whole building full of downtrodden civilians taking covers in the corners. And Key's baby begins to cry. And suddenly... The people forget the danger and the fear, and they stand and they look. As Key and Theo move this crying infant through bombed-out hallways, a mass of beleaguered humanity marvels. Old women start to sing lullabies in foreign languages, reaching out ragged hands, tears on their faces. Soldiers running up the stairs immediately drop their guns. A commander is running up a flight of stairs. He's about to fire when he realizes what she is holding. And he turns and he yells down the stairs, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. And as Theo and Key descend the bullet-riddled concrete stairwell, everyone stops, guns down, they stop, they touch the baby, they bow their heads, and when they emerge from the building, a platoon of armed and armored soldiers kneels. And that is a sign of peace that Isaiah himself could get behind. Peace that comes in a burst, in the shocking realization that there is hope as real as this child. In the Episcopal Church, they have a tradition of waiting until Christmas Eve to put up Christmas decorations. I don't know how common the practice is today, but traditionally, during the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, nary a poinsettia could you find in an Episcopal church. Fleming Rutledge, one of my favorite preachers, she grew up in that tradition. And one time, as an adult, she says that she asked her mother why they never decorated the house until Christmas Eve. She already knew the answer. But she says she wanted to hear what her mother would say. The answer surprised her. Her mom said, I think Christmas should come in a burst. And Rutledge writes, Exactly. And Isaiah might say, I could not have said it better myself. And tonight, that is exactly what happens in the story that you have gathered around to hear this evening. A people in the shadow of the Roman Empire are wanting peace, and they cannot find it, and they cannot make it. But then, suddenly, a child cries. And angels appear, and it scares the living daylights out of all of us with the most disarming news that you could imagine. The king has been born to a young woman, a virgin. And the result of this newborn's wail will be joy, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And here's the address, the angels say, Davidsville. And here is the sign, a baby wrapped in rough cloth in a manger. And here's what the sign means. 
God has not come to dominate humanity, but to deliver it. God has not come to crush evil with an army, but to kill the sin and evil that lives within us. And this is how God makes peace. And this is how God turns swords into plowshares. And this is the message that makes trees clap their hands and will make all manner of people happy. God and sinners reconciled, born to give us second birth, born to die, so that from the dark of his tomb, a light, a dawn, a way home. And if you find that it is hard to believe this for the stumbling, if you are afraid to believe because you've tripped over false hopes before, if you cannot find the gumption to convince yourself, then I bring you good tidings of great joy. You don't have to. You don't have to convince yourself that this is true. We don't make it true. The zeal of the Lord has already accomplished that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord God, tonight we ask and we wonder, what child is this? Having set your promises before us, come by your Spirit now and through this singing of songs and the reading of words, help us to know the spiritual reality of Jesus coming to us even now. Amen. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? kingdom. Isaiah 11, 1 to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. 
With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Friends, this is, this is God's word. Thanks be to
all creation sings. A reading from Isaiah chapter 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Friends, this is God's word. Please stand up and join us in singing. Sing the wonders of His love. 
comes looking for peace. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Friends, this is God's word. Thanks be to God. Don't tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Yeah. 
the sign of peace, God with us, from, taken from Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, and then from the New Testament from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy. Instead of mourning and a garment of praise, instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness a righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Friends, this is the gospel of Jesus. The peace of Christ be with you. Herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With the angelicals proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king christ my highest and adored christ the everlasting lord late in time behold him come offspring of the virgin's womb failed in flesh the godhead seed
Friends, would you pray with me? God and Father of Jesus, you proclaim to us that the night is far spent and the day is at hand. You have sent your Son to be our Savior, light in the darkness, hope in despair, peace amid turmoil. Send us out tonight alive in hope and alert for the advent of your peaceable kingdom. Amen. And friends, would you receive God's blessing for you? May God, who sent his angels to proclaim the glad news of the Savior's birth, fill you with joy and make you heralds of the gospel of peace. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you always and now and forever. Amen. We're going to sing Silent Night together. If you have your candle at the ready, folks will be coming down. Uh, Thank mm-hmm. you.